0: Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast.
1: Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Um, thank you for asking me Amma. I feel privileged and <laughs> very nervous. Okay, um, why is it important to be a Christian mother? It was so lovely seeing all the photos on the slideshow that was played and I've prepared something else, but what was in my head while I was playing was the importance of being a Christian mother is investing in good friends and good family friends for your children. Cause so many of the pictures, the kids are with their friends from church. And we've got so many good friends in church and the kids are growing so many good friendships in church. And when they go off to school, we worry about who they're hanging out with, what things they're learning and who's putting ideas into their head. And when they're at church, most of the time, because we know who the friends' families are and we know they're Christians and we know they're grounded in faith, we're not that worried. And, you know, we've, brought these friends into home. And anyway, that's another topic, but thank you for good church and thank you for good Christian friends. That's one of the important things. What I have prepared though is, um, salvation of our children and why that's important as a Christian mother. Um, when I think of my children, I just feel so honored and being a mother is such a unique role and such a unique privilege that God has given us to be the first person really that our children come in contact with. Most of us as mothers, we've had the opportunity to grow babies in our womb and that's the first human contact they've had. And we're the first person to give them food. And we share the breath of life with them. And, you know, we share space with them for nine months, whether they like it or not. And, most times, where vo- our voice is the first sound that they hear. And there's so many firsts that we get to share with our children. And I'm thinking, why not then salvation? If they're going to learn about the cross and they're going to learn about Jesus, why not from your mother then? You know? And I just think it's so important for us as mothers to take on that mantle and take on. Yet another role and responsibility. <laughs> because sometimes we feel so overwhelmed with all the things that we already have to do. But salvation is very important. If it's important for me, then it's important for my children to be secured in eternity, isn't it? So I need to take that role on, and I take that very seriously. Um, I remember some of you know Tony and my story. You know that we've been together for a very long time, dating, and eventually got married. So when I was very young, Tony and I started dating when I was 16. So from the time I was very young, I knew I wanted to be married and I wanted to have children and I wanted to raise a family. And ever since that time, growing with that knowledge that this is the direction I was heading in, I used to be praying all the time for my children. And I remember praying to God. Um, and this was a repetitive prayer that I would pray. Lord, I do want children. I want to be a mother. I was the first of of four children as well. So I'd always had the experience of being responsible for people younger than me. And I enjoyed that role. I always knew I wanted to be a mother, but I would say, Lord, if, if this is your will for me to be a mother, then Lord, please let these children know you, let them not leave this earth without having accepted you as their Lord and savior. And that was always very important for me. And I would say, Lord. If that's not going to be the case, then please don't give me any children. And this continued to be my prayer. Even after Tony and I got married, I would always say, Lord, I want children, but they need to be saved. Lord, this is very important to me. Let them come to know you. If they're not going to come to know you, Lord, please don't give us any children. It's too much of a big responsibility for me to think my kids will leave this earth and their eternity will not be secured in you. And I just think that's so much of a burden on my heart to know that my kids understand that salvation is important and they need to secure the eternity with Jesus. And it's not just a prayer. I've understood that I've got to take practical steps to get there as well. So, even from now, I've started talking to Abby and AJ. Those of you who don't know my kids, I've got a boy who's three, AJ, and my daughter, Abigail, she's two. And they are very young, but they are the age where they're absorbing everything. Nothing goes by them. They just pick it all up and they just soak it in. And this is the age where I just think it's so important to start ministering to them and helping them to understand. We read children's Bible stories with them and try to break it down for them. And it's just never too early to start. And you just have to be so proactive because AJ now is in nursery and the things that they pick up outside of the home, you just never know. They come home with, it's like, he comes home and he's like, where did you get this from? You didn't learn this from mommy. He's going to learn stuff anyway. And he's going to pick stuff up from the world. Why not pick up the important things Like salvation from mommy at home. So at home, we try to teach them that Jesus is the son of God. He died on the cross for your sins. You need to accept him as your Lord and savior in order for you to spend eternity with God. And you just make it that simple. And then you keep asking him, would you like Jesus to come into your heart? Yes, mommy. Can you say this prayer with me? We've said the sinner's prayer over and over. We say it so many times, but we're going to say it until he believes it and he understands it. And then one day he'll, I'm waiting for the day when he'll say, mommy, Jesus lives in my heart. No, the Holy spirit lives in my heart, you know, but we say it over and over. And if that's what it takes and that's what it's going to have to be. Um, Jesus is the only way. Jesus said in his word, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And I just so want my children to understand that. And for them to just, I don't know, (laughs) I'm i so looking forward to that day. It will be just the joy of my life to know that my kids are safe and secure. When we pray, Tony and I, we're always praying, Lord, please take these children to be your own. We don't want them to be much older. Let it be today. Let today be the day. It's such a joy to live in the presence of God. And I don't want my children to go another day. We don't have an experience that joy. Lord, let it be now. It doesn't have to be when they're older. It can be now, Lord. Let them accept you now. Let them accept you today. And I just am so looking forward to that day when they'll get to accept him into their hearts. Because it's, it's a wonderful thing, isn't it? The other thing I wanted to share with you. So... It's important though. So as mothers, we've got the tendency to love to do things for our children. Well, I've got that tendency. it's, It's natural. I think it's natural motherly instinct. We start off feeding them. We breastfeed them. We clothe them. We bathe them as babies. And we just tend to always want to keep doing for them and being there for them. But we know that according to the word, everyone has to accept Jesus for themselves. That's the one thing we can never do for our children. They have to do it on their own. And we. no matter how much we pray, no matter how much we talk, no matter how much we live as a Christian or be a Christian, we can never do that for our kids as well. They have to do that on their own. They have to work out their own salvation, says the scripture. Work out your own salvation, and that's important. But so we can't just sit there as mothers and think, Oh, I'm a Christian. I'm living the Christian life. My kids are seeing what I'm doing. It will be okay for them too. It won't. We have to make sure that they call on Jesus for themselves. Ask him for themselves to come into their own hearts so that their own salvation will be secure. Don't live comfortably thinking, Oh, we're a Christian family. We're doing the Christian thing and it will be okay. It won't be okay. Each person has to work out his own salvation and that's important. The one scripture I want to leave with you, though, is Mark chapter 8 and verse 36. And it says, For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? While I was preparing for this, I was reading this Christian mother's blog. And she says, when she asks parents on the whole, What is it? What is the one thing? that you would want for your children. So say she'd surveyed a 100 parents or whatever, she'd say, what is the one thing that you want for your children? Most likely, 50% of that group is going to say, I want my children to be happy. And the other 50% is going to say, I want my children to realize their dreams. But that's not gonna cut it, is it? The most important thing is accepting Jesus as savior. Like it says in the scripture, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? We can give our children as much as we want. I love giving my children gifts. (laughs) I'm all Tony is the same. We're always buying gifts for our children. That's not a bad thing. We're always buying them gifts and giving on them. And we want them to be happy. You don't want to see them sad. If they have an upset tummy or whatever, you want to cuddle them and give them kisses. You never want to see them upset. You don't want to see them cry. You want to make all their problems go away. You want them to have what they want in life. And you can give them everything and give them whatever gifts you like. But when it comes to that day when they die, because we all live and then we die, what's going to happen then? We have to make sure that we take that role, take that responsibility to help our children to understand that salvation is really important. And they need to work out their own salvation. They can't do it for mommy or daddy. And above all else in this world, whatever we can give to them, they'll die and they'll leave it all on this earth and it will be no good to them after they leave. But the one thing that they'll be able to leave, to use, sorry, after they leave this earth Is their salvation. I will take them to eternity. And I just want to thank God for this opportunity that he's given me to be a mother, to experience motherhood and to have two beautiful children and to have this role of of just investing in them and, and. Leading them to Him and talking to them about beautiful things of the cross. And I just appreciate my role so much as a mother. And I just pray that God will continue to use me and that very soon, I wish tomorrow it was, they would come to know Him and accept Him as Lord and Savior as well.
2: Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, thank you, Caroline, for saying that. I also do that with joy, honestly. Yes, I don't think she's too small. And I remember the day saying, Jesus, i said, Jesus, come into my heart, come into my heart. Yeah. So, honestly, they are not too small. Praise God. And I just want to talk from the um, angle of knowing the word of God as mothers, knowing God's word, having it in our hearts, and praying over our children. Um, For me, I've only been a mom for two years, and I'm like... <laughs> How can I come out and speak? But then I'm like, what have I been doing? What has helped me to be able to do this? Because I've got one powerful child, honestly. And (laughs) yes, those that know joy, they know, (laughs) you know, but um, I see myself honestly looking back to growing up and how my mom raised me. And that's honestly what I'm falling back on. And on that note, I'll share a very short story with you. I remembered... And when I was in year one, primary school, I wasn't doing well academically, and I was always afraid. I don't know if some of us went to such schools in Africa where they whip you a lot. For every question you miss, you get to be whipped, you know. So I was always afraid of being whipped, and I kept failing. You know, and I came up with a smart plan to go to my brother's class instead. It was in year three at the time. And I just told him, I'm tired of being whipped. I always fail anyway. So would you accept me to be in your class? And I was like, why not? You can stay under my, under my desk and nobody will see you. So I was always staying under my brother's desk. Yes, honestly, under his desk and his classmates knew. So they brought their bags and they covered me up. So, uh, so yes, just to protect me. But then a the teacher found out, and then all the whips have escaped. I got them in one day. Like, what are you doing there? You know. So she, um, the teacher took me back to my class, and on and on it went. I was still doing poorly, but something happened. I, I noticed something about my home. My mom would always pray, always pray, and read a Bible. And then she started to say something to me that you are intelligent. You can do. All things through Christ who strengthens you. And when sometimes she was, she would say it a lot and sometimes my dad would join in and say it as well. And I in fact I started to pity them. I'm like, why are they saying this? Look at my grades, I'm not doing well. Why are you saying I am intelligent and I can do all things? But they kept on saying it and I I looked at their faces, I looked at my mom. I I, I know that she believed it, that I could do anything through Christ to strength. She says it with so much passion and she was so sure to the extent I started to believe it myself and I was like oh maybe I can actually do anything through Christ who strengthens me and she was you can do all things you're intelligent and in fact I started to like it I'm intelligent my mom said I'm intelligent <laughs> that I can do all things and and then um I'll go back to school I'll still fail but so um I, I, at some point I just when I got to year after year three I, I just started doing, I, from D to A student suddenly, like, and it was like, it, I can say suddenly, but honestly, it wasn't sudden. It was just a result of my mom knowing her God, knowing, believing more in what the Word of God said concerning me than what my grades said concerning me at the time. And she was always, and then suddenly things just changed. I was doing so well and, and my school changed as well, honestly. They took me to a private school and everything just changed. And on that note, I just want to say that we as moms today, we face different challenges. Our children go through different challenges, different ages, different challenges. And, um, what do we focus on as moms, honestly? Are we focusing on what the environment says about our children are we focusing on what the child is going through or are we focusing on what the word of god says concerning our children because now as a mom i i see a lot of things in my child and i'm like "Mm," it's sometimes overwhelming but i always go back to the word of what does the word of god say concerning my child and on that note i want um there's this scripture that oh that i love so much that just helps me sometimes the things we see they are so real to us you know and you you can hardly say it's going to change. But when I look into the word of God, I, it just strengthens me. And please let's have Second Corinthians 4 um, from 16. It says, so we, we're not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside, where God is making new life, not a day goes by without his unfolding grace. These hard times are small potatoes. I love that so much. Yeah, I I really love it. These hard times are small potatoes compared to the coming good times, the lavish celebration prepared for us. And I know that is talking more about the challenges we're facing now and then that there's heaven at the end of the day. But then I like the fact that the word of God is so applicable in every situation. And so sometimes when I face issues, I just like, well, it's just a small potato. It's a temporary event subject to change. And I don't know what um, we're going through as moms today. Maybe some of us have children like me that was always having D's and fail. My best result then was like six out of ten. When I guess this, I'm like, I only get four whips, you know, not not six or ten, (laughs) zero out of ten, you know, like, but then suddenly I became A, like, all A's, 90's, 100's, you know, just because my parents focused on the word of God, so I'm challenging us today and encouraging us at the same time that no matter the stage our children are right now, no matter what they are going through, no matter what we are facing as moms, the word of God is alive, the word of God can change anything, but then uh, things might not change so much if we don't have this word in us. If we don't get to know these words for ourselves, we don't believe it and Things might, things might just remain this, the way they are. But when we begin to know the word of God, like my mom, she believed so much that I could do anything through Christ who strengthens me to the point that I started to believe in myself. Even though I was still failing, I just started to believe it and things change. And even now, many times I've seen my child, maybe healed or something, I just believe that look, um, this is what the word of God said concerning you recently my husband had chickenpox i wasn't planning to say this but then and it was like uh, the normal thing my child was supposed to have it like even the doctors that came were like oh let her have it everybody was like, oh it's better she has it but i was so stressed at the time and she was teething she wasn't feeling well so i'm like what does the word of god say concerning this and i said okay the doc- I-, I asked the doctor i'm like why does she have to have it he said for immunity I said, does she have what about I remember speaking to him as as well. I'm like, what about not ever having it? Can the blood of Jesus not be an immunity? Is it not possible? So I started checking the word and I saw that um the, the what the word was said to me concerning that was like, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as you're so prosper. So I said, Jesus, I put her in your hands. This is what your word says, so honor your word and just take care of her. And well, she's She's all right here today, praise God. So I just want to encourage us. Honestly, we okay. Some people say uh, some people okay. She just turned two, and people are telling me, "Oh, terrible twos." I she's she's very friendly, so a lot of people know her, and they, "Oh, terrible twos. Uh, and I said, "Well, I decided to check my Bible. Well, I didn't find anything like terrible twos in my Bible. <laughs> Truly, yeah." It is not in my Bible. So I said, well, my child is not going to be a terrible too. She's a strong child. So add terrible to that and it's terrifying. So I'm like, no, she's not going to be a terrible too. The word of God does not tell me that. She's, I said, I prefer terrific too, loving too, kind too, pretty too. And, and I say that to her and she loves it. So sometimes when she's like, oh, I said, oh, you're wonderful too. You're so loving. And she, she, oh yeah, okay. You know, so the word of God, my point today, honestly, is that the word of God can change anything. No matter what we are going through, teenagers as well, they, they face so many things. So if I accept that she's, oh, terrible too, then when she's three, I don't know what they're going to say about her. When she's four, when she's a teenager. So I, I don't want to live that way. I prefer to live based on what the word of God tells me. And, and if we, Okay, I've got 2 minutes more. And if we if we begin to if we begin to focus on what the word of God says Honestly, we'll begin to see change. It's not just, it's it's not just knowing it like, oh, okay, okay. When we begin to know it so much that we believe it, and then it begins to affect our vocabulary, it begins to affect what we say, and then it begins to affect our results as well. Our circumstances have no choice. They have to submit to the word of God. But then it's for, it's up to us as moms and dads as, as well to know the word of God to have it in us and begin to say it, pray it over our children. I enjoyed that as a child, and honestly, I won't be here today without that, as my, even my health, I had a very poor health, but my mom will always stand and say, I know what the word of God says about you. And she says it with so much authority, which I I couldn't say she didn't know what she was saying, honestly. She says it with so much passion, so much. So, and now I fall back on that as a mom, and I'm just encouraging us. If you have children like me, maybe health issues, academic issues, attitude, whatever it is, let's just believe that it's a temporary event. Subject to change. The Word of God stands forever, and the Word of God can change anything. And if we don't say the Word of God over our children, the uh, uh, before we, we begin to see what the society says as in, it's just automatic we just say what everybody's saying terrible to we say it with them without thinking about it but when we begin to get the word of god in us it begins to affect the way we think it begins to affect what we say and everything around us just conforms the word of god so let, let's just um, okay i want to leave one last verse with us today and that is a verse i love so much um Isaiah 54:13. it says, because it says, um, like Caroline was saying earlier that something they go to school, they pick things and things happen. But the truth is if, um, like this verse helps me to know, yeah, my child is going to be all right. And it says, all your sons will be taught by the Lord and great to be your children's peace. Um, NKJV says, all your children shall be taught. So it's, not, it's not just the sons. It doesn't say sons. In fact, message version says, all your children will have God for their teacher. What a mentor for your children. That so gives me peace, no matter what is in the environment. I know what the word of God says concerning my child. I know who he's in, I know who is in control. I know who is mentoring my child. It's the Lord. No matter what I see in her, no matter how much she displays, I just say, oh, you're being taught by the Lord and great shall be your peace. So I submit to us today, moms, and I encourage us, let's know the word of God and let's say the word of God. Let's pray it over our children. And whatever we are facing today is going to change. Is going to change. It's going to conform to the word of God. Praise God.
0: Praise the Lord. It is wonderful to have a Christian mother, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I realize there's a timer here, which is great. Um, I actually didn't have um, enough time to prepare for this. I, I apologize because uh, it's been a very busy weekend. All at home, um, we've been poorly. Um, but I thank God for the opportunity to be here today. And thanks for asking me to talk today. Well, as um, Ruth said, just being um, a mother for a couple of years kind of makes you feel like you don't have much to share. And when I was thinking about this, um, sharing my experiences of a mother, as a mother, I thought, okay, the uh, fruits of your labor become evident when you have teenage children and you know they're grounded and you know they have either accepted God into their lives, they've been successful. So how do you measure it at this point? It's really difficult. So I thought, um, rather I'll just talk about my personal experiences with um, Henri-Georges and start from the beginning. So I thought back to um, the time um, that Andrew Josh was born. And we'd been like waiting for this. First of all, I probably should mention that um, Andrew Josh was born when jean and I had been married for about five years. And about maybe two years after marriage, we started um, thinking about having children and prayed to God that God would bless us with a child. But it just didn't happen. So um, by the time I was pregnant, we were like, Totally over the moon because we felt like, oh my gosh, um, it's finally happening! And it was actually after a lot of support uh, from church, praying with us, that God would bless us with a child. And God answered our prayer. So, Henry Josh was born into that kind of environment where he was obviously going to be a precious ch- child and treasured, and all that. So, uh, it was an, ama- an amazing moment um, when he was born. And I knew that there wasn't anything in the world I wouldn't do for him. Um, if I had to move the the world, you know, to uh, make things happen in his life, I would. And I said, I remember saying to Jean-Louis, yeah, I thought I was going to be very objective about uh, raising a child, but I think he's already, he's got me wrapped around his little finger already. But that was the first experience of unconditional love that I had. And, um, It also dawned on me, though, that if I could feel like that about my child, I could only imagine how God must feel about us. Because that's what it means, that there is nothing in the world he wouldn't do to make things turn out great for us. I mean, he sent his only son to die for us. And a lot of people actually um, criticize that and say, how can a loving God send his son to die? But that's why, just so we could be reconciled to him because he loves us that much, and there's nothing he wouldn't do for us. I think that's just one message to share. Now I'll go back to my experiences. <laughs> so after Henry Josh was born, I spent a year at home with him, nursing him, and um, I think that kind of helped me build an, an, a good bond um, with him. And um, the NHS is not famous for a lot of things, but I will say that when you work for the NHS, you can take up to a year off maternity leave. And I think in that way, they know how to look after their employees. So I had that opportunity and I stayed at home for a year with him and nursed him and looked after him. And my hope was that um, God would use that as a foundation um, to build a lasting relationship between him and I, and that he'd be able to recognize me as his mother and obviously listen to me because that's what um, a relationship is based on. <coughs> So as he grew, it became clear that he understood a lot of things. And although um, he did not say much as a baby, we knew that he was observing us a lot and therefore picking up a lot of things um, um, about us or about what we're doing at home. So we then realized that um, it is crucial for us as Christian parents to provide the right environment for him to grow in an, an environment filled with love and peace and um, a happy home rather than you know, an environment where there is a lot of strife or anger or resentment. So these are the things that um, we considered. And um, it is true also that uh, children tend to mirror what they see at home. So as Christian parents, we have to make sure that we provide the right environment for them because we, we can wish and hope for our children to be something. But the bottom line is they will turn out to be what we are. So it's very crucial that... Um, we give them the right environment. And the other thing that Janu and I um, liked was to, for Andrew just to grow up knowing God, which um, Colleen has also touched on together with Ruth. And um, the one way that we try to kind of um, encourage that in his life is by praying, him, or praying for him always, uh, that God will direct and lead him, and that one day he will make his own decision of accepting God into his life. And... Um, I know that a lot of us as uh, Christians um, believe in dedicating our children to God when they are born. And I'm glad that we did that, uh, jean and I, because um, it was during henri Josh's dedication, I mean, inasmuch as we have our hopes and dreams for him, it was during his dedication that there was a word that was spoken over his life. And we've held on to that word, and we prayed into his life, you know, every time we pray with him. And that was that... Um, And Joshua will know God from a tender age, and he would bring many to the knowledge of God. That was the prophecy over his life. And he's very little at the moment. Obviously, he may not understand that. But every time we pray for him, we pray that God will establish this word in his life, and that it will come to pass. And that's when when the time is right for him, even from a tender age, that he will be able to give his life to Christ. And and there are, however, things that we can um, do uh, to help him to achieve um, this vision. And um, that is, um, in addition to prayer, it's um, reading the Bible to him so he becomes familiar with the stories of the Bible. I'm sure we all know as mothers how we are encouraged to do a lot of reading of books and things like that to our children while they grow up just to help their uh, development. And um, I thought to myself, so if I can read stories, why not read the Bible to him every night before he goes to bed? Because that way, he'll become more familiar with the Word. He'll know who God is. He'll know who Jesus is. So I went to Sainsbury's, and they were selling this um, um, children's Bible. It's called My First Read Aloud Bible, I think. And um, we decided, Jalu and I, that every night before he goes to bed, that's what we're going to do. We're going to sit down, read the Bible, and then pray with him. So we started doing this, and uh, it's actually gone on, and we still do it today. And the funny thing is, uh, he's so used to it now, um, that there are times when he goes to bed very late, and we think, oh, Henri-Georges, it is late, let's just pray and you'll go to bed. And he'll cry because he wants to read his Bible. So he'll go and collect it himself and bring it to us, so that we could read a story from the Bible, and then we pray. I mean, it may be that it's like bedtime delaying tactics. But the bottom line is, he is reading something that is sound, and our prayer is that God will use it as a foundation um, in his life to expand his knowledge of him and to draw him closer to himself. So we are grateful for that. And um, I think the other thing to say, actually, is that um, as he's um, growing older, he's now communicating more, he's coming out of his shell, and it's amazing to, to have a a conversation with him because it never happened before. And some of the things that he says are amazing. But as he grows older, his personality is also coming out a bit more. And um, one of the things that we've noted is he can become very irritable when he cannot have his way, just like any other child. Now, when you do love your children, it is very easy to just give in to what they want and let them have their way. However, we have to go back, as Ruth said, to look at what the Word of God says about raising children. And if we do let him have his way, as easy as that would be, what would be the cost of that? If we do not discipline our children, then it means that we don't care about what what kind of character they will have in the future, whereas we know that instilling discipline makes them grow, and it kind of puts them in a certain way. And... um, it means that we take interest in what they are becoming. So there is a scripture in um, Proverbs 22, verse 6. I'm sure everybody knows this one, which says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So, um, and there is a Swazi proverb, which says, Lukochoa lusemandi which basically means, the literal translation is, you bend it while it's wet. And uh, what it actually means, it talks about, you know, the green stick. When it's it's wet, therefore moist, you can bend it without breaking it. And um, basically, it's the same thing with our children. It just goes to support the, the scripture, actually, that if we discipline them while they are young, they will go the right way, and we will not necessarily break their spirit. And we all know that if we try to discipline them when they are older then it's, it's difficult. That's when we break them. And there's a lot of probably strife and a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of hurt and pain just because we have missed that point when we should have um, disciplined them. So it's never too early to start disciplining your child. Um, so um, there is another scripture in Proverbs 13, verse 24, which says that he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. So um, God encourages discipline and um, and I think in as much as it is difficult um, to do so because we love our children so much and we don't want to upset them, discipline averts a long-range disaster and it helps them to understand the difference between right and wrong and uh, gives them direction for their lives. So however, in as much as we discipline our children, one thing that we should be careful to do is to discipline them out of anger because that's when we are more likely to break their spirit, and that can have a negative effect on the relationship between a child and a mother, or and a parent. So um, I think those are generally the experiences that I've had um, with Henry Josh. And um, in conclusion, I think that um, as parents, we should be emotionally available for our children. And the truth is, as Colleen said, we have a crucial role in their lives. By being there with them, we are the ones who can impart godly standards to them and they will grow up in this way. It's, it's all well for our children to be obedient and follow God when we are around But if we've done our job well, they will do this regardless of whether we are around or not, because there's no guarantee that we'll always be there in their lives. So we should bring them up in a way that they will know that they have to serve God and follow God themselves. And in as much as we want our children to listen to us, I think it starts by us listening to them. And we can do this by spending more time with them, investing emotionally, and being able to listen to them. Um, and then they will listen to us in return. And I believe that motherhood never stops. Um, you know, even when they are grown up and they've made their own decisions in life and their own choices, we continue to pray for our children because um, God hears the prayer of a, a parent and God honors that. So um, we should continue to support um, our children in prayer regardless of where they are, uh, at whatever stage they are um, in their lives. So while I was looking um, on the internet just for some kind of inspirational quotes, I came across this one. It says, Motherhood is more than a stage. It is a lifelong calling from God. With it, he gives us hearts that love deeply, hands that serve tirelessly, and vision to see his blossoming image in the precious ones that he's entrusted to our care. So it is um, a lifelong Uh, calling, and it is a very important one. And um, we can only achieve this by being grounded ourselves in the word of God as mothers and allowing God to teach us and um, allowing ourselves to yield to his will. Um, And um, I think the crucial thing was, the one thing that really struck me was how like you know the relationship between a mother and child. How similar it is to the relationship between us and God, and um, and we are privileged to have a father who loves us to that extent. Amen.
3: I don't know what to say now.
0: <laughs> They've said it all. Oh, I don't know how the time.
3: I oh, Emma said, "Don't worry about the time," so I could do five minutes or so. <laughs> well, I'm a mother of two. Joshua will be turning ten in June, and Rebecca just turned five today. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, I spent all day yesterday singing "Let It Go" (laughs) at a party. So, yeah, so it's 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 all good being a mother, isn't it? So, I'm just gonna quickly read. I've got a passage to read. So that um I'd like you all to listen. So I'm gonna read from Second Kings chapter four from verse eighteen to thirty-seven. You can be patient with me. So it says, so that's second Kings chapter four from verse eighteen. One um one day when a child was older, he went out to help his father, who was working with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried. My head hurts, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. So the servant took him home and his mother held him on a lap. But around noon time he died. She carried him up and laid him on the bed of the men of God. Then shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband. Send one of the servants and a donkey so that I can carry, I can hurry to the to the men of God and come right back. Why go today? He asked. It is neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. But she said it will be all right. So she saddled the donkey and said to the servant, "Hurry! Don't slow down unless I tell you to." As she approached the men of God at Mount Camel. Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to gehaz Look, the woman from the Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, Is everything all right with you, your husband, and your child? Yes, the woman told Gaius, everything is fine. But when she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gaius began to push her away, but the man of God said, Leave her alone, she's deeply troubled. But the Lord has not told me what it is. Then she said, Did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say, Don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, Get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone along the way. Go quickly and lay this stuff on the child's first. But the boy's mother said, As surely as the Lord lives and you yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. Gehaz hurried on ahead and laid the stuff on the child's face, but nothing happened. Um, there was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and told him, the child is still dead. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he lay down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes and his hands on the child's hands, and he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once, and then stretched himself out again on the child. This time, the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Then Elisha summoned Gehazi. call the child's mother, he said. And when she came in, Elisha said, Here, take your son. She fell at his feet and bowed before him, overwhelmed with gratitude. Then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs. So that's my five minutes gone. Anyway, um, I just want to quickly share with you. I know it's a long passage I've read um, with limited time. But as a mother, they it's like all the girls have said you know we love our child our children so much and you know we can do anything for them anything you know that's the motherly hearts we've got but uh, it happened for me I'll, I'll talk of my life experience when my mom passed away and i got back from bedding here and then something happened with my son Joshua and i just I was so troubled. I thought, who's going to tell me how to look after him? Because before, you know, when something, I'll call my mother. Yeah, this is it. She'll say, oh, you remember when you were that age, this is how I'll do it. And, you know, she'll give advice. So I thought, she's not here. Who's going to tell me how to look after my child? So then God just reminded me that I am here. You don't need to worry. You know, so it's something I would like to share with us as mothers. And when I say mothers, you know, they are mothers in, in, in this church and everywhere. They haven't given birth to their own children. But they are spiritual mothers to daughters and sons. They are adoptive mothers. In this church, they are mothers who have taken me on. I call them mothers because they've taken me on as a daughter. So I'm talking to anyone who is a mother here. So God is there for our children. God is there for us. And as you... we goes through life. Lee and myself, we've noticed that Rebecca is five. There are some things she does, isn't it? And you can reason with and say, yeah, you know, you shouldn't do that and she's all right with it. Yeah, I won't do it, mommy. I won't do it, daddy. But as Joshua is turning 10 in June, there are some problems that happen at school and with his friends. And sometimes it's like every stage of his age brings a new challenge, doesn't it? And then you start finding yourself thinking, I can't deal with that. Who is going to help me? I cannot cope with that. Who is going to help me? So, God has been teaching me through this scripture about this Shunammite woman. I think a lot of us, we know this story. She didn't have a child. Just a background quickly. Before Emma tells me to sit down. Uh, So, She didn't have a child, but she was a very nice woman, very godly. She realized Elisha is a man of God. So she said to her husband, let's build a house for him. Whenever he comes, he stays here. Elisha was quite touched by that generosity. She said to her, what would you like me to do for you? She said nothing, but he said no. And then Elisha said, she hasn't got a child. I think she'll love a child. And Elisha prayed for her to get to have a child. Fast forward, that child dies. And then she's thinking, man of God, I did ask for a child, but you know, what is this? So her child dies. This is the um, passage I just read. When her son dies. And I want us to look at this scripture that she had just lost a child, but she remembered where the child had come from. She remembered it's God who gave it to her. So it just dawned on me that we are just stewards unto as mothers. the children we've given birth, we've con- you know we've carried them nine months, but they are not for hours to, you know they are gods, so he brings them to this world, through us, for him. and then the woman remembered that it's Elisha who prayed for me, and then when the child died, she went back to elisha. she said to her husband. She didn't even tell many people to say, look, there's a funeral here. My child has died. She took the child, put him in Elisha's bed, asked it for a donkey, ran to Elisha. Elisha's servant stops her, tried to ask her, are you all right? Is everything? Yes, it is well, she said. Because she just wanted to get to Elisha. So she remembered that the child was given to her by God. She has to go back to God who gave it to her and say, Lord, what can I do? If you say no, it's okay. But I know he is your child. So if we can learn from this as mothers as well, as I'm learning as well with you, that there are children who have been given to us to steward for God. As all the girls have said, you know, we pray with them. Teach them about Christ. As Kalin said, I've got to hammer it until one day he said, Jesus is living in me, mommy, stop. <laughs> we got to do that. And at every stage, I know I'm speaking from other mothers with older children. The problems go bigger and bigger. And sometimes we resign, we're thinking, he's never gonna go back, come back. He's never gonna come back. I've given up. But be encouraged this morning. That we need to return them to Christ. We need to go back to Christ. Let us not give up. And if you look at this woman, when she got to Elisha, Elisha tried to send the servant and say, take my stuff and go do the work. She fell on his feet. You can imagine a woman distressed. She's mourning and some of you have lost your loved ones. You don't think straight. It's like you are numb. You, you, I don't know how you feel it. She threw herself onto his feet, held on to them and said, I'm not letting go until you come with me. We need to develop that. That God, we are not letting go until you sort it out. I have faith in you that you will sort it out. So let us not let go of God. With any problems with our children, I don't know what any of you are going through, what stage your children are at. I know with myself, you know, Rebecca, we've got a set of, you know, smaller problems you can reason. With Joshua, now he can't even, he doesn't want to pray in church, you know. So (laughs) it gets different at every stage. But we just, if we can just all get together, learn from this woman, let's all run back to God. Let not anything stop us from, keep going back to God. Give our children back to him. They're his. They're his. Amen. And let us not give up. I think that'll be the 10 minutes.
4: God bless. Thank you. Weren't they great? Let us show our appreciation and. And I hope you've all got something this morning from what they've said. If the worship team would like to come back, I had prepared something to say this morning. And while I was um, preparing it, I've heard people say it before. Oh, I was preparing something and I felt the Lord give me something else and that happened to me. (laughs) So I was going to share with my experiences and things this morning. But um, while I was preparing, I just felt that the Lord actually gave me a word for the mothers here today. Um, So while the worship team just begin to... Play softly um i've just got a word that i'd like to share with the mothers really um and it was just basically it 's a simple word, but I just felt the Lord said that sometimes um generally as a mother we're so busy and you can be rushing around, and as we heard the lyrics um if you're listening in the um in the d v d that we saw earlier, and it says sometimes you're rushing around, you don't even know if you 've done the base, if the basic things have been done, and I just felt the Lord wants to encourage the mothers today that Sometimes we can forget that actually being a mother um is a great responsibility and a job in itself. And it's actually a a gift that we've been given from God. He's he's chosen us to to be the responsible people, to to um to bring children into this world. And sometimes I just felt the Lord saying um, that sometimes there might be someone here today and sometimes you feel like you're um, insignificant, like sometimes you can be left out. There might be things happening at church that you'd like to come to and um, like the prayer meetings and things like that. And sometimes you, you either can't for reasons or you just feel like um, that, that, you're not the, that you haven't got the time, you're insignificant to come. I also felt like the Lord, um, the Lord was saying that sometimes you're being held back. There might be some people here today and you feel that sometimes, because not in a bad way at all, because it says in Psalm 3 to 5, it says that children are a gift from the Lord. And I think that's something that we should always remember that, that the children we have, even though it doesn't seem like it at times with naughty behaviour or things like that, but they're a gift from the Lord and it's a gift that we've been given. And that we can actually learn from them. We have to always remember that God values children so highly. And it's important that we learn from them as well. I also felt that the Lord was saying that sometimes we feel like we can't contribute as much as we want to. There might be some of you here today and you feel like you're restricted with what you can do because of children, if you've got young children. But but you can't contribute in the way that you want to. But I just felt the Lord was saying that that he knows the path that you're on and he knows the giftings that he's given you and um and even though you have children that that's part of your journey and he's given them to you for a reason so never feel that your children are preventing you in any way from from a gifting or or some a dream that you've got a vision that you've got something that you feel in your heart there's there's nothing that's stopping you from doing that it just might be that this isn't the season for that but never feel that your children are restricting you god has given you a gifting for a reason I also felt it was important just to speak about um, the children being brought up in the right way. In Deuteronomy 6-7, to 7, it mentions about the commandments. Um, and it just says, You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to the commandments I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're away on a journey. When you're lying down and when you're getting up again. And the most important thing I think you can do, which is just as important as coming to any Tuesday night prayer meeting, is raising your children up in the correct way. It's just as important. If you want your children to follow God, you have to make God a clear part of your everyday life. And finally, I'm just going to finish um, with Proverbs 31, verse 31. It says, reward her for all she has done. Let her deeds publicly declare her praise. So I just feel like I wanted you to stand up this morning, just so we can, as it says in Proverbs, we can reward you for all you have done. And for if there is some people here today, and you feel like you are being restricted, you you know you can't <laughs> you can't do everything you want to do, and just remember that you know God loves you. He's love he loves what you've done. He's given you the gift of a child, and and that's his reward to you. So I just wanted to pray for you, Lord. I just thank you today for all the mums who are here. Lord, I thank you for everybody who sometimes might feel inadequate or who's tired. We know how tiring it can be being a mum. But Lord, I thank you that you've given all these amazing ladies here today, Lord, a special gift of being a mum. And Lord, we thank you that you say yourself in the Bible that children are a gift from the Lord. And Lord, I just pray for each and every one of them here today, Lord. I pray you'll give them strength, Lord, if there's times when there's tiredness. And Lord, I pray that you'll give them strength. I pray that you'll give them time to have time with you as well, Lord. And I pray that in those special quiet times that you'll speak to them, Lord. I thank you for them. I pray that you'll bless them, Lord, that you'll reward them, Lord God, that they'll know that they're special ladies, Lord, even if at times they don't feel it. I just pray that you'll honour them, Lord, in the way that they should be honoured and that they'll enjoy the rest of this special day, Lord. In Jesus' name, Lord God, I pray that you'll speak to them right now, Lord. I pray for... Those people as well, Lord, who may have lost their mums, Lord. It can be a hard day today, and Lord, I just, I just pray for any mums who aren't here, Lord God. I also pray for the mums who aren't here in the church today. I know lots of people are ill, Lord, so I pray for those people who are sick, Lord, and I pray that you'll bless them right now, Lord God. But I just pray that you'll continuously remind these ladies, Lord, how special they are and how whatever dreams, whatever callings they feel they have from you lord god that nothing is impossible nothing is impossible and that you will guide them and that and that you will bless them and honor them lord god and i pray that you'll help them to guide their children in the right direction as well lord whatever age their children might be lord god i pray that you'll you'll guide them in the right way and you'll help them when help is needed lord jesus name amen